Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hey guys, and welcome to another week of Geek Thyself episode. Episode... This week's episode of Geek Thyself, uh, as you can probably tell from, again, the lack of voice, uh, Heather is still indisposed and can't make it to record, so it'll be another solo episode leading on from last week. Uh, as you may have heard, or you may have not have, uh, last week we covered the, the Stonewall riots, the Stonewall movement, Stonewall liberation, has a few different names, uh, which basically covered uh, one of the first major gay uh, liberation protests, riots uh, of the US. Uh, during this time in 1969, uh, there were four, four days of rioting uh, up until the 3rd of July of that year. And this uh, came down from a, an establishment known as the Stonewall Inn, which uh, catered to gay, uh, uh, the LGBT community in general. Uh, so, however, and then uh, after a police raid on the place, uh, it went sour and it started up uh, an actual movement of physical riots and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Uh, <clears throat> uh, started up there with physical rioting and rebelling against the police against the raids and uh, is seen by many to be the first sort of steps into securing better livelihoods for the LGBT community in the United States as a whole. Alright, so yeah, if you did want any more information on that specifically, we went into, or I went into more detail on it in last week's episode uh, about the, the Stonewall Inn and the Stonewall riots and their, uh, their liberation and all that good sort of stuff. Uh, so the the actual gay liberation movement is a social and political movement from the late sixties and through the mid eighties, uh, and through to the mid nineteen eighty, uh, mid nineteen eighties ish. Uh, that uh, lesbians and gay men to engage in radical direct action, uh, to counter societal shame within gay uh, gay pride. Oh. Also, just as a uh, something, uh, obviously this month is Pride Month, we're coming to the end of Pride Month, but this uh, event, the Stonewall Riots, happened within this sort of per- uh, period, and it's why this month specifically was chosen for Gay Pride uh, and LGBT uh, Pride, and just being Pride Month. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, this episode could be a little bit shorter than, than normal, just because this topic is not as deep-dived into uh, as, with, as with last week, so we will see how long things go and all that kind of thing, but it could be a potentially shorter episode, but to be fair, I did say that last week, and that one ended up being about 45 minutes, so we will see. Uh, either way, back on to track, because uh, I can't help from rambling. Uh, okay, uh, so yeah, uh, in the feminist spirit of being of personal 
of the personal being political the most basic form of activism was an emphasis on coming out to family friends and colleagues and living life as openly lesbian or gay as possible excuse me uh, the stonewall in uh, in the gay village of greenwich uh, village manhattan was the site uh, of the June 1969 Stonewall riots or Stonewall uprising, like I've just said. Uh, it became the, the cradle of the modern LGBT rights and gay liberation movement. During this period, annual pol political, yeah, my math doesn't want to work, uh, annual political marches, uh, uh, marches uh, happened through major cities, usually held in June to commemorate the Stonewall Uprising and during Pride Month. Now, uh, we're still uh, and now this is still known as Gay Liberation Marches. Uh, not until later in the seventies and early in gay centres, as well into the eighties, in smaller communities, did the marches begin to be called Gay Pride Parades. Uh, the movement involved the lesbian and gay community in North America, South America, Western Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. Uh, gay liberation is also known for its links to the counterculture at the time. Uh, examples like uh, the, ra the radical fairies, and for and for the gay liberationists' intent to transform or abolish fundamental institutions of society such as gender and the nuclear family, <clears throat> uh, and also. Uh, a nuclear family or a conjugal family is a family consisting of two parents and their children and is in contrast to a single parent uh, with larger extended family or a family with more than two parents and nuclear families are typically set around a married couple which is also uh, one male one female so it was kind of just you know uh, trying to support people living how they would like and not in that kind of stereotypical setting in general the, polit uh, the politics were radical anti-racist and anti-capitalist uh, in order to achieve such liberation consciousness raising and direct action were employed while hiv slash aids activism and awareness in groups uh, such as the actup which is the the aids uh, coalition to unleash power uh, radicalized a new wave of lesbians and gay men within the 1980s uh, radical groups have continued to uh, continue to exist, but uh, by the early 1990s, the radicalism of gay liberation was eclipsed by mainstream, newly out, assimilist white gay men who stressed civil rights and mainstream politics. Okay, so although the Stonewall riots in 1969 in New York were popularly remembered as the spark that produced the new movement, the origins predate these iconic events. Uh, militant resistance to police bar raids was nothing new, as early as in, as in 1725, customer fought off police, uh, police fought off, yeah, fought off a police raid at the London Homosexual Molly House. Uh, organised movements, particularly in Western U Europe, have been active since the 19th century, producing publications, forming social groups, and campaigning for social and legal reform. Uh, the moment, uh, the movement uh, of the period immediately preceding gay liberation, uh, from the end of World War Two to the late 1960s, are known collectively as the homophile movement. Hom the homophile movement has been described as quote politically politically convert con conservative conservative I don't know why that was such a struggle end quote uh, <clears throat> although it calls the social acceptance of same-sex love was seen as and uh, of same-sex love and was seen as radical fringe views by the dominant culture at the time uh, in the early 1960s in New York under 
Wagner Mayoral, uh, Mayoral administration was beset with harassment against the gay community, particularly by the New York Police Department. Homosexuals were seen as the subject of a drive to rid the city of undesirables. Consequently, only the Mafia had power and financial resources to run gay bars and clubs. By 1965, influenced by Frank uh, Kamey's uh, addresses in the early 60s, Dick Lightish, uh, the president of the New York Ma- uh, Machete Society, who we also covered last week, were some of the precursor groups for helping the, the gay and LGBT uh, people uh, when they had like financial trouble, uh, getting out of trouble with the law for just... Yeah, uh, that kind of thing, and for also giving them a a safe, welcoming place to be. <clears throat> so yeah, the, the New York uh, Matashin Society advocated direct action, and the group staged the first public homosexual demonstrations and picket lines during the sixties. Uh, Kemney, uh, founder of the Mashed at uh, Washington in nineteen sixty one had advocated militant action reminiscent of the Black Civil Rights Campaign, uh, another topic we also covered a few weeks ago, uh, while also arguing for the morality of homosexuality. Uh, The New York State Liquor Authority, or the SLA, did not allow uh, gay people to be served in in licensed bars in the state under penalty of revocation of the bar's license to operate. This denial of public uh, accommodation had been confirmed by a court decision in the early 1940s. A legal study of the city's Alcoholic Beverage Law commissioned by the Machetine New York concluded that there was no law per se prohibiting homosexuals gathering in bars. However, laws did prohibit disorderly conduct. Which makes sense, I guess. Don't want people causing a ruckus. Uh, which the SLA had been interpreting as homosexual behaviour. That's not okay, though, in bars. Uh, Leach uh, informed the press that three members of the Masha team, New York, would turn up at a resident at a restaurant on the Lower East Side, announcing they're homosexually and, upon refusing of service, make a complaint to the SLA. This became known as the SIP-In, uh, and only succeeded at the third attempt at Julius in Greenwich Village. The sip-in, though, did give gain extensive media attention, and the resultant legal action against the SLA eventually prevented the agency from revoking licenses on the basis of homosexual solicitation in 1967. Alright, so there was still quite a bit going on uh, before the, the Stonewall riots, as you can sort of see. There were little victories, but there was still a lot of... Uh, difference of opinions especially just in general sort of people's mindsets and all that kind of thing uh in the years before 1969 the organization was also effective at getting new york city to change its policy on police entrapment of gay men uh this is another topic that we covered last week which basically meant that if a police officer who was undercover and bought a gay man a drink or it kind of seemed like they were going home together, even though nothing actually happened, they could get in trouble for that. They could get arrested. Uh, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. That just feels really scummy, and I don't like it. But, that, yeah. But, so, yeah. Uh, in the years before 1969, uh, the organisation was effective in getting New York City to change the, the policy of it, uh, and, and to rescind its hiring practices designed to screen out gay people. However, the significance of the new John Lindsay administration 
and the use of the media uh, by Machetine New York should not be underestimated in ending police entrapment. Lindsay would later gain a reputation for placing much focus on quelling social troubles in the city and his mayorship coinciding with the end of the entrapment should be seen as significant. Uh, by the late of 1967, a New York group called the Homophile Youth Movement in Neighbourhoods, the HYMN, essentially uh, a one-man operation on the part of Craig Rodwell, was already usurping the slogans Gay Power and Gay is Good in its publication HYMNAL. Okay. Okay, so that basically covers some of the things that were in place before the, the 1965 Stonewall uh, riots. The only other thing that we'll mention very briefly is the, the Vanguard, Vanguard of 1965 to 67. Uh, the Vanguard was a gay rights uh, youth uh, organization that was active between those years in San Francisco and it was founded by Adrian uh, Ravawa and Billy Garrison and Vanguard magazine was founded by Jean Paul Marriott and uh, Keith Sinclair. Uh, and uh, it very had been asked by Joel Williams to help the Tenderloin LGBT youth who suffered discrimination and seeing their conditions. Uh, uh, he led the Vanguard for 10 months and taught it gay rights, then led the Vanguard members in early demonstrations for equal rights. Uh, the group, uh, the organization dissolved due to internal clashes in the late 1966 and early 1967. And former members reorganized uh, as the Gay and Lesbian Center uh, and Glide redirected the EOC funds uh, from the intended vanguard to form a, serv- a service agent uh, <clears throat> to form a service agency and new non-profit the Hospi- hospitality house so yeah that goes basically into the, the the riots and by the summer of 1970 uh, so about a year later groups of in at least eight American cities were sufficient, sufficiently organized to schedule simultaneous events uh, commemorating the Stonewall riots for the uh, for the last Sunday in June these events uh, varied from highly political march uh, of three uh, to five thousand in New York and thousands more in uh, parades in Los Angeles uh, San Francisco and Chicago uh, while groups using the Gay Liberation Front name appeared around the US, in New York the organization was replaced totally by the Gay Activist Alliance. Groups with a gay lib uh, approach, uh, approach began to spring up around the world, such as the Campaign Against Moral Persecution, or CAMP, and the Gay Liberation Front groups in Australia, Canada, the US, and the UK. The lesbian group, uh, the Lavender Menace, was also formed in the US in response to both the male domination and of other gay lib groups and the anti-lesbian sentiment in the women's movement. Lesbianism was advocated as a feminist choice for women as the first occurrence of lesbian separ- uh, sap- separatism, separatism uh, began to emerge. In August uh, later that year, uh, Hugh Newton, the leader of the Black Panthers, uh, publicly expressed his support for gay liberation, stating that, quote, uh, whatever your personal opinions and your insecurities about homosexuality and the various liberation movements among homosexuals and women, uh, and I speak of the homosexuals and women as opposed groups, we should try to unite with them in a revolutionary fashion. Some people say that uh, homosexuality in this decadence of uh, is the decadence of capitalism. I don't know if 
If that is the case, I rather doubt it. But whatever the case is, we know that homosexual is in a, is a fact that exists and we must understand it in its purest form. That is, a person should have the freedom to use his or her body in whatever way they want. Uh, end quote. Uh, although the short-lived group, the committee, uh, Parasid uh, de la Sarberon, had meetings during uh, the student uprising of May 1968, the real public debut of the modern gay liberation movement in France occurred in uh, in 1971 when a group of lesbians from the front homosexual uh, form uh, from the front homosexual de action revolutionnaire uh, the FHAR disrupted a live radio broadcast entitled homosexuality this painful problem uh, the expert guests, including Ira C. Kleinberg, Herman Klinstein, a Catholic priest and a dwarf, were <laughs> interrupted suddenly by a group of lesbians from the audience yelling, It's not true, we're not suffering, down with the hero cops. Uh, the protesters stormed the stage, one, woman, one young woman taking hold of the priest's head and pounding it repeatedly against the table. Ugh, don't necessarily agree with that. The control room quickly cut off microphones and switch to recorded music okay <clears throat> okay so uh, I think it's probably about time to go for uh, the sort of mid-roll break so I will be back in just a little bit talking a little bit more about this so I don't know if we've got super much left to be talking about uh, but I will be back in just a minute guys all right Okay, here guys, and we're on to the mid roll where we like to talk about the people who support the network and uh, who are good friends of us. First, we'll talk about um, HeroForge. Uh, they are the most robust campaign management software on the internet. Uh, one of our directors, Logan, had tested a lot of them, a lot of them during... Uh, when he was planning his West Marches campaigns and all that good stuff and uh, he really enjoyed using HeroForge we all uh, still use it uh, for different things you can use it to create D&D campaigns like a lot of us do uh, it's got great map editing it's like uh, you can link characters to different people and their relationships with those people whether they're good or bad uh, you can also use it for the same things uh, for writing novels and setting your world for that because you can create all your characters and your maps and all that good stuff uh, into making it readable and you're connecting everybody and everything that needs to be connected. Uh, their main sort of service is free so you can get a plethora of great uh, options and uh, functions and settings and uh, Tools, that's the word I'm looking for, tools, uh, within their sort of base package, but you can also get additional services and additional tools and additional settings if you uh, if you pay for one of their more premium memberships. But there's plenty to be getting on to start with. Uh, we highly recommend you check them out, and you can check them out at heroforge.com. 
Also, uh, we love to talk about uh, Die Hard Dice. Die Hard Dice, if the name didn't tell, give it away, create stunning, gorgeous metal and polymer dice. They focus more on our metal dice. They created their own molds for them. And they also do all their color testing in-house for their single uh, color lines and their dual color lines, which is the Spellbinder series as well. They are constantly trying out new things with their dice. Uh, so you and including new finishes new number paints like uh, all those good things so you can absolutely find things you want they also have their uh, smaller range of polymer dice like with their moonstone collection which absolutely gorgeous i have their purple moonstone ones and i absolutely love them uh, also uh, they have great accessories uh, like with their scroll of rolling which can hold two sets of dice and rolls out to be a, uh, a portable dice mat so it's perfect for both compact storage and for travel uh, if you need to be doing it for both they also you can also search the website for like different colors or materials or class types or whatever you want to be looking for uh, if you do find anything that you like on their website you can use the code geek thyself to get 15% off your first or your next order that's 1515 so yeah if you would like to roll with the best all you need to do is go to dieharddice.com and you don't need to look anywhere else Okay, so I'll get back into the rest of this episode. See you in a second. Alright, hey guys, welcome back. Uh, so we've done a fair bit of looking at the gay liberation uh, movement uh, between 1969 and 1980-ish. Uh, results for these, uh, this movement uh, and their goals. Uh, let's do the goals first, that makes more sense. Uh, goals, uh, increasing legal rights for LGBT people and increasing acceptance of the same and countering, and countering internalized homophobia. Yep. Uh, and the results for it were legalizing same-sex marriage and other LGBT rights in some jurisdictions, uh, but still not super, uh, you know, like legal everywhere although to be fair uh having looked at same-sex marriage in general uh getting some sort of figures about it uh it took until 2015 uh june 26 2015 for the whole of the united states to be nationwide uh to for it to be nationwide legal to uh have same-sex marriage uh in addition ireland in the same year november the 16th uh was uh, made it legal uh it was also made legal in the uk which is where i'm from in 2020 it, but it specifically was uh made uh, legal in uh, northern ireland which was the last part of the united kingdom for it to be nationwide uh i can't quite see where the rest of the uk falls under it but i will have a look uh, Canada uh, was actually one of the earliest countries to have it nationwide, um, to, to have nationwide uh, same-sex marriage be legal, and that was July 20th in 2005. Uh, the first country uh, to have it be nationwide legal uh, was the Netherlands on April 1st in 2001, at least on the, the list that I'm looking at, it could go back further than that. Let's have a look. Uh, 
Yeah, in December 21st, uh, Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands signed into law the first same-sex marriage bill in the world. It had previously appeared the the can, uh, country the country Senate on December 19th in a 49 to 26 vote, and the House of Representatives on, of the <clears throat> and the House of Representatives on the 12th of September in a 109 to 33 vote, and the law came into effect in April 1st, 2001. So yes, the Netherlands were the official first country to have legalized it in in that kind of way. Uh, since then, obviously, m many other countries have uh, let it you know, come around uh, to be fully legal, like Belgium, Spain, South Africa in 2006, Norway 2009, Sweden 2009 as well, Portugal, Iceland, and Argentina in 2010, Denmark uh, in 2012. There are other places, uh, like, which aren't full countries, which have, uh, which are mentioned here, uh, like states, like Washington uh, was uh, recognised same-sex marriage in 2012, with Maryland representing it in 2013. Uh, Brazil was in 2013. France, Uruguay, New Zealand was in 2013 as well. 2014, there wasn't a full country, but there was a lot of different places like County Cook, Illinois, England, Wales. Ah, there we go. England, Wales in 2014. Oregon, Pennsylvania, Illinois, statewide. Uh, under, uh, later that year, uh, British Indian Ocean Territories, uh, and then 2015 had Luxembourg and the United States, like we've already said. Uh, 2016 had Greenland and Colombia and other places, and then 2017 had Finland and Malta and Germany and Australia, uh, four countries uh, for nationwide. Uh, 2018 had uh, a few places but no actual countries like Bermuda. Uh, the tribe of Nebraska, uh, Jersey, uh, uh, Alderney. Uh, 2019 had Austria and Taiwan and Ecuador. And like I said, in 2020, currently, uh, we have the United Kingdom with Northern Ireland joining England, Scotland and Wales. And uh, very recently, in 26th of May, we had Costa Rica uh, having same-sex marriage uh, laws. So, <clears throat> uh, that's just a general sort of rundown of how things are now. Obviously, a lot of these didn't happen for a, quite a considerable amount of time after the Gay Liberation Front uh, was around between the sixties, uh, the late sixties and uh, nineteen eighty. Uh, so yeah, but there is more information about it if you want to look it up, uh, like uh, just a general timeline. We've already covered the Stonewall riots. <clears throat> and we also covered gay liberation here. There's obviously the rights that they have, which includes marriage, military service, transgender rights, unions, adoptions. Uh, oh, actually, we will look at adoptions very quickly because I feel like that's important. Uh, a lot of countries. Uh, okay, so uh, legal states, legal status. There's uh, more of just a big list here. Uh, which has the United States, uh, which first jurisdiction was in 1993, with the last one being in 2017. Uh, then there is England, which was uh, England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, all of it, Sweden, Spain, South, uh, South Africa, Portugal, Norway, France, Germany, Finland, Iceland, Israel, Ireland, Luxembourg, Malta, Netherlands. Uh, most, uh, a lot of different places have laws in favour of 
same-sex couples adopting, which was great. Uh, I uh, that that means a lot to me, considering I am on that spectrum. Yes, I don't. Uh, you know, like I'm not sure if I'll adopt or whatever, but right now, uh, yeah, it matters. Uh, okay. I think I'm starting to ramble again, which is not surprising because I've been talking to myself for about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, if I have missed anything important to, to any of you, feel free to reach out to me. I'm on the Nerdsmith Discord. Uh, you can tag me there and you'll find me. You can also find me on Twitter at Rusty underscore S18. Uh, so yeah, there's plenty of places to find me. I'm always very happy to receive a message. Obviously, uh, time zones and all that to depend on whether I'll answer at that particular time, but I won't ignore it. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we'll have Heather back soon, because these ideas were originally Heather's to cover, because, you know, uh, apt time to, to get them covered. But, uh, yeah, I wish Heather well. Uh, you know, uh, she will be back with us when she can be. And until then... Uh, I will see you all maybe next week with or without Heather uh, where we cover another topic. But with all that being said, I will leave you guys uh, with with just the notion that Black Lives Matter still, LGBT uh, rights and lives matter as well. Uh, just try and love everyone. Uh, and, you know, like, just let people live their own lives as long as it doesn't affect you personally. Like, yeah, that's that's my opinion on everything. Not trying to tell you what to do or anything like that, but that is how I try and live, and I think it's a good way of doing it. Uh, apart from that, I will see you all very soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geek thyself at nerdsmith.org and please don't forget to go to itunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts we'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode and until then don't forget to geek thyself Bye.